Hey, welcome to the Relentless Positivity Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Martin. Got a very interesting guest with us today. So today we got Dana Skagg. She has a master's degree in clinical psychology and she's a licensed psychotherapist. She's been in private practice for 14 years, specializing in anxiety and adjustment issues along with trauma work. She's also a podcast host of her own, Phoenix and Flame is the name of her show. But her claim to fame is that people call her the boundaries queen. That's why I wanted to have her on today. Dana, thanks so much for being here. Oh my gosh. Well, well, thank you for having me. That's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, people hear about boundaries and maybe they say they struggle with boundaries, but what exactly are boundaries and, and why do they matter so much? Oh my goodness. Well, in a nutshell, boundaries is kind of understanding what belongs to you and what does not belong to you. Mm. And a lot of the um, analogies that I give, what makes it easier to understand is like, let me give you an for example. Let's say if you go out to mow your yard, you know, any, any person that's going to go out and mow their yard, they know exactly where to stop mowing. I mean, almost to the inch, you know right, what I'm saying? Yeah. They know exactly where to stop mowing. So my question is, why don't they just keep mowing their neighbor's yard? I mean, let's say their neighbor's yard is rather long. Let's say their neighbor doesn't really care about their yard. And, you know, they might have snakes over there. I don't know. It's just really long, but they don't, they mow their yard, but they don't mow their neighbor's yard. Even if it needs mowing, why is that? Yeah. You Who know. wants to do all that? You know, I don't want to cut my grass, much less his. <laughs> well, it's like we know when we're mowing what belongs to us and what does not. Right. And so this is it's kind of a concept of understanding emotionally what what is ours to manage, what is ours to take responsibility for and what is not. And that that really brings a lot of relief to a lot of people. Um, if you can think about yards, for example. Um, again, past the mowing analogy, but thinking in your yard is your thoughts, your feelings, and your behavior. What is not in your yard is someone else's thoughts, mm. someone else's feelings, and someone else's actions. Those are not yours to manage. And so that's just kind of a very basic explanation. And I can, I can really expound on that in any number of ways, but that's a basic understanding of what belongs to you, your thoughts, your feelings, and your behavior that you own, you are responsible for, but you are not responsible for what other people are thinking, what other people are feeling, or what other people do. That's a great way to look. I've, I mean, I've thought about, you know, what I, what I can handle, but also that I don't have to control all that other stuff. Thank goodness. Right. So I know. Uh, <laughs> could you give me, do you give me some examples of some, some healthy boundaries that you help your clients with? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I get a lot of people pleasers. Mm. They come in and they say, Dana, you know what? I'm just trying to keep the peace. I'm just trying to keep the peace. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Okay, you're sitting in a therapist's office right now trying to keep the peace. I said, how's that working for you? That doesn't look so good, really. Right. And so when people say, I'm trying to keep the peace, that means they're trying to manage other people's feelings. They're trying to do a little tap dance to make sure that everybody around them is calm and comfortable. And so what they do is, is they, they don't honor their own thoughts and feelings. They might keep um, and I'm, you said an example of healthy boundaries. I'm going to give you an example of both, like okay, what not yeah. to do and what to do. That'd be great. So, yeah. So in this particular instance, when you're talking about someone who's a people pleaser, 
and they're trying to keep the peace. Well, what they're doing is if they have something, an issue with somebody, say something, somebody said something to them and it hurt their feelings or they really didn't like it. So I'm making a note here. I'm going to come back to something that I'll call a boomerang issue. Was that a, a pun you just did there? I'm going to come back to a boomerang issue. That's pretty good. Right? <laughs> that's a, <laughs> I didn't catch that. That's good. Oh, that's good. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you, if your feelings get hurt, if someone says something or does something and you can't let it go, it just sits in there and starts causing bitterness and resentment. Someone who's trying to keep the peace, they will just try to keep it stuffed because they're afraid. If I say something to this person, they're going to get mad at me and they're going to come back and they're going to yell or they're going to stomp around or they're going to reject me. They're going to abandon me. They're going to take away their relationship from me. And so I need to just swallow all of my own thoughts and feelings down here and try to act like they're not like they don't exist so that the other person is at peace. Meanwhile, who's not at peace? We're not at peace. Right. Yeah. You know, because there's no such thing. We can't keep somebody else's peace. And so a healthier way of doing that would be, so let me take just a moment and introduce the boomerang issue. So lots of things happen to us in life where, you know, we don't like it. Somebody says something hurts our feelings or whatever. Most of that stuff, let's just try to just, just let it go. Just fling it off like some kind of gnat at a picnic, just fling it off and let it go. There's, you know, there's too many things in life that we need to pay attention to. Just, they say, don't sweat the small stuff, just fling it off. But there are a few things that we try to fling it off, but it keeps boomeranging back and landing in our yard. And we try to fling it off and it keeps boomeranging back and landing in our yard. And this is mostly with relationships that are close to us. It really doesn't matter like people that are acquaintances, we can fling that stuff off pretty easily. But people that are closer like family, uh, spouses, children, good friends, when they say something or do something that's particularly hurtful and they have the capacity to hurt us more than like acquaintances and things. So sometimes we have those boomerang issues and there's the boomerang in your yard again. So the healthy thing to do would be to pick up the boomerang and walk to the edge of your yard to your fence line and have a conversation with your neighbor, whoever it was that said that to you. Being respectful because what you say how you feel and what you do, that is on you. That is your responsibility. So when you convey that as it comes up, you don't let it build up. You don't wait till you have 25 boomerangs in your yard, right, you know, yeah. where you can't even walk in the yard without, you know, kicking boomerangs out of your way. You just wait till you have one Then pick that one up, go to your neighbor and say, Hey, you know what? The other day you said, you made a comment that I don't know. It kind of hit me the wrong way. You might not have meant it this way, but it was really hurtful. And I just wanted to kind of talk to you about it because you might not even have meant it. You might not even have known that hurt my feelings, but it was just kind of just, it just sat with me. I just can't quite let it go. Can we chat about it? And so that is the healthy thing to do. Now notice what you cannot control is how the other person is going to perceive what you say. Right. Yeah. And you can't control how they're going to respond back to you. The, that's not in your control. And so when you understand the boundaries and you let go of those other things, it's a lot easier for you to use your energy 
to, to, to own your own stuff and to take that over there and have that conversation. You're not as scared to do it because you know how they perceive you or how they respond back is not your responsibility. Right. Yeah. I know in the, in the recovery world, they talk about, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to clean up my side of the street. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to, that's what I'm going to do. Right. So how do you react when someone comes back at you negatively? Obviously, you know, that you can't control that, but how do you process that part? Where do you go from there? Okay. Well, the first thing, when you're, when you understand boundaries, you don't personalize it because when people come back at us, if we don't understand boundaries very well, we take that, we say, that's about me. Mm. You know, that's, they're, they're angry because I did something wrong because I said something wrong and they make, we personalize it. We make it about us. Well, here's the thing. Let's back up and rewind before you go across the yard and have the conversation you know, you think about what you're going to say. And even as you're talking to the person, you are evaluating your behavior. Are you screaming? Are you cussing? Are you calling them names? Are you being sarcastic? Are you being snarky? If you're doing any of those things, then that's your responsibility. Step back and go, whoop, okay, let's not do that. Let's be respectful as we speak and that kind of thing. But once you've evaluated your behavior, and you've, you have determined that it is appropriate and it is respectful and they don't like what you're saying. Okay. And they, they come flying back at you with, with like claws and fangs and stuff. You know, they don't like what you're saying at all. If you know that the way you said it was appropriate, then you're not going to personalize what they're doing. Now, this is not comfortable. All right. right. When somebody comes back at us, it's not comfortable. But when we're not owning that, that we're not personalizing, we're not making it about us, then we can release that part. Now, if somebody's coming back and it depends on the situation, but I've, I've talked to some people that it's a spouse and they're trying to you know, be healthy with their boundaries and it, which means, like I said, not letting boomerangs build up, you know, going to the person and expressing themselves in a respectful way. But if the other person doesn't like it and they come back in a real nasty way, I think the first thing to do is just say, Hey, this, I, this feels, you know, this doesn't feel good. Can we just like talk about it? Or do you need to calm down first? Now, note to self. I mean, I, I know this from personal experience and not only that, but professionally, when, when you tell somebody that's really upset, if, ask them if they need to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say that usually makes them worse. Yeah. <laughs> Matter. I was going to ask about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just so that, you know, but you can put it out there, but, but see, they know that they're, they can, there's a part of themselves that's inside that is watching what they're doing. Mm -hmm. The calmer you are, it provides a contrast to them. They, they start feeling like, you know, they see they're really obnoxious, but they might not let you know that. Right. But yeah. there's a part of them that is recognizing that. But if they don't, if they don't calm down, then you can say, I want to have this conversation with you. I'll be happy to talk to you about this when you're calmer. And if they start screeching and hollering and carrying on, you're like, okay, then you literally turn around and walk away. You've done nothing wrong. You've done nothing disrespectful. You're just setting a boundary that you are not going to stand there and allow someone to come at you with claws and fangs because they cannot control their emotions, which are their responsibility. Mm -hmm. Those things are in their yard. And so you train them that you're not going to tolerate it. 
And so you just turn around and walk away and you've told him before you walk away, I still want to talk about this. I'm still interested in your, in your feelings, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to allow this. I'm not going to participate in this. And then you just walk away or you do that on the phone. If they're blessing you out on the phone, then you say, I'm sorry you feel this way. I really want to talk to you about this when you've had time to calm down. So we can talk later. I hope you have a good day. Click. Yeah. That is one thing I miss about, you know, actual landlines where you could slam the phone down on somebody. (laughs) Now it's like push it really hard, I guess, on your cell phone. It's not the same, right? No, it's not the same. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's great. But how do you, uh, how do you make them stick? So that, that'd be, I know just people have consistency problems with most things. So how do you, how do you make those healthy boundaries stick? Okay. So one of the first things to recognize is you might be getting triggered. If you have some kind of trauma in your past, all right, let's use an example. Let's say that you're in a relationship with someone that reminds you a lot of like your mom. And let's say you happen to have a really bad relationship with your mom for some reason, okay? And when you're interacting with this female, there's something about words that she says or things that she does that makes you just, you get triggered. Now, I'm I'm not going to go into all the details of the parts of the brain that happen and all that kind of stuff that's probably beyond the scope of this particular podcast, but basically when we get triggered there's a part of us that takes over that is very childlike. We, we basically lose the ability to respond in a logical, reasonable way because that part of our brain gets popped offline. Mm. And so that's what happens when we get triggered. That's what that means is that something happens that basically wakes up a part of us, a younger part of us that remembers something traumatic happening and they think it's happening all over again. And so they take over that part of us, that younger part of us takes over, flips the part of our brain offline that is logical and reasonable and just starts just going crazy. So the first thing to make sure you can be consistent is if you feel like you're being triggered, where you are responding in a way that you don't even understand why, why am I saying these things? Why am I acting this way? And it doesn't make any logical sense. That probably means that there's some kind of trauma work in there that needs to be done. There's some healing in there that needs to take place so that you don't get triggered. Because when that happens, like I said, you, you lose the ability to be reasonable and logical. And the other, at that point, the other person is in control. Oh, wow. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So that would be a time you need to go see a therapist. So that'd be a time that you need to go work on that. Yes. And just kind of work it out. Just kind of go to the therapist and say, Hey, I want to talk about some stuff that happened back in the day. And it just, when I get around certain people, I just kind of get kind of crazy and I just want to work this out. I want to find those parts of myself and heal those parts so that I can interact with these individuals in my life without being thrust back in time and acting like I'm 12 again. And so that, that makes sure that you stay in control. And the other thing about being consistent, the consistency is huge because basically if you're in a relationship with someone who is treating you badly, and this is a pattern, not just once in a blue moon, because you know, everybody has bad days, right? Mm -hmm. We're, We're talking about patterns. So if you're in a relationship with someone who is repeatedly treating you badly, then you need to, whether you want to or not, you need to go look in a mirror because you have allowed this. You have trained them that they can treat you this way. Otherwise they wouldn't be because I guarantee you they don't treat every single person in their life this way. 
but there's something about your interaction with them, the dynamic between the two of you, that you have trained them that they can talk to you this way, they can treat you this way. And so I consider that a good thing that we can see that we have power to change that, to be consistent, to change that around, change the boundaries around and be consistent with those. Yeah. So with these, what uh, Charlie Murphy's call habitual line steppers, these people that keep violating your boundaries, do you eventually just have to cut them off no matter who they are in your life? Sometimes you do. If you, you set your bound, say, let's say hypothetically that you had dysfunctional boundaries with them to begin with. And then you kind of decided you didn't want to do that anymore. You wanted to get some help, you know, fix the trauma issues. So you don't get triggered. You're trying to set some really good, healthy boundaries. You're communicating to them and they're just not listening. They're just not caring. They just keep stomping your fence down and stomping your fence down. Well, eventually if they, if they don't listen to you, because you can give them several reminders and you can say, okay, I've, I've explained to you, this is not okay. But I wanna point out here, if you find yourself repeating the same message to someone, that means they're not listening, they don't care what you're saying. Assuming that, you know, they don't have any hearing issues, you know, it kind of, it kind of reminds me in a way, whenever my kids were young and I would tell them to do something and they would say, I forgot mom. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, I'd have this laundry list. I'd go down. Okay. Let's just pause for a moment. Okay. So you're not brain damaged. Okay. You don't have a brain injury. We know your ears work just fine. All right. I don't have any problem communicating myself. I communicate pretty clearly. So given those three things, plus if your friend had asked you to go to a pool party three weeks ago, you'd be remembering that for sure. Given those that I know that you heard me, but you didn't want to do it. So it's kind of like the same thing with someone who's a boundary buster. You communicate to them, but if you're repeating and repeating and repeating, stop that. They've heard you. Okay, but their message to you is they don't care. So you have to make a decision at that point once you have done your job of communicating to them your new boundaries. Because look, we have to have some compassion on people when we have contributed to this dysfunctional boundary dynamic. When we change that on them, that's a, that's a shock. That's a surprise to them if we change our boundaries. And so we need to have some compassion on them and give them some time to adjust to our new boundaries. But once we've given them time to adjust and we've had that, that grace with them and they still keep tromping the boundaries down, they're communicating that they don't care. So at that point, you have to make a decision. If you're gonna to continue to be in a relationship with them, it's gonna be dysfunctional. Or you can say, you know, dude, I really, I love you and I wish you the best, but I've, I've communicated with you, my new boundaries. And for some reason you don't like them. So I'm not judging you. I'm just saying we can't do this together. So if something changes with you, let me know. But until then, I'm just not, I'm not going to walk down this road with you. That's great advice. I mean, it's tough to do, but yeah, that's, that's, you got to do it though. So I wanted to get it in some, some specific places. Maybe we could offer some people some advice on boundaries, starting with social media, which is a huge place. A lot of you talked about being triggered. That's like trigger central. <laughs> so like, what would be some ways people can set boundaries? Obviously there's blocking people and all that good stuff, but what are some other boundaries people can set on social media? Well, <laughs> so you have to be kind of, be aware of what you want to post. You know, you've got the blocking, but you also can hide 
mm-hmm. you know, something they post, you can maybe not block them all together, but just hide what they're posting from your feed. Um, and like I said, you can block them all together. Be careful what you post, because once you put it out there, it's, it's like a secret. Once you tell somebody, you can tell that person not to tell anybody else, but you've lost control of that at that point. Once you put something on social media, that's what social media is about. You, any number of people can read it. They all have different backgrounds. They all have different um, takes and perceptions on what you're posting. And so that's part of it. So don't post something on social media that you're not willing to get some pretty harsh feedback about. If, you know, it's just like, don't, don't post that. You have to set your boundaries and decide what you want to put out there and what you don't. Right. Yeah. So another one, hey, work. How do we set boundaries at work? It's maybe a little bit different now that most of it's working from home, but still people, it may be even tougher because it used to be you'd have that hard cutoff time, right? Between, hey, I get off work and then I go home. You're already there, right? Half the time. So what are some good boundaries at work now in this in the world we live in? Okay. So what I hear lots of times with work-related issues are people that are being taken advantage of by coworkers or bosses Mm -hmm. that want to press into their private time, want them to do more. So let's just use an example of a, of a coworker who maybe, you know, he, let's say to he, let's say he wants you to do his work because he doesn't want to basically he, maybe he's got too much on his plate and he's trying to push it off onto your plate you set a boundary, you decide what you will do. Cause we can, you know, we want to be willing to help out. We want to be a team member, team player, you know, and be willing to help people out because sometimes we might need some help, you know? So there's one thing to be a team player. All right. That's fine. It's another thing when someone consistently steps across your line, wants to come into your private time, your family time, your downtime that you need to keep your wheels on, because let me pause and say, There has been one person placed on this planet given the responsibility of keeping you together. Just one. That person is you. Oh, I knew that one. Yeah, I knew that. (laughs) So if you don't do it and you allow other people to define your world, then your wheels are going to get wobbly and fall off and then you're not going to be good for anybody. So you're actually doing not only yourself a favor, but those around you, you're doing them a favor by putting your boundaries down. So what I'm saying, if a coworker says, oh, you know, I couldn't do this. Would you mind doing this? You can say, say they list off 10 things that they want you to do. You can say, you know what? You know, I'm sorry this happened to you. I'm willing to do one, two, and three for you. I'm happy to do those things. And so word it in terms of what you will do instead of saying, I'm not doing all your damn work. (laughs) You know, don't word it that way. Say, I'm happy to do one, two, and three. And if you need you know, more done, then you're going to have to go find another coworker and, and be steady about that. Don't, and if they push in and say the next day, well, how, you know, what about five, six, seven? I said, I told you I do one, two, and three, here they are. And don't even have the conversation. Don't let them draw you in to the conversation. Now, if, if we have a couple of minutes, I was going to talk about something called a hook and a noose. I got to hear now. I got to know about that. Yeah. (laughs) So Basically, when people are trying to manipulate you and they want to draw you in, okay, when you're trying to set your boundary, but they don't like your boundary because it doesn't work for them. Mm. So they try to say things to get you pulled in. All right. Maybe they try to make you feel guilty. 
they try to make you feel like you're a bad person, like you're not a very nice person, like you're not very forgiving. They try to manipulate how you're feeling. So imagine one of those big metal rusty meat hooks, like I don't know if you saw the movie Rocky from way back in the day, oh, the yeah. very first one where he was in that meat packing plant. He's like beating up on the, on those big um, meat that's hanging on the meat hooks. Mm-hmm. Imagine one of those big meat hooks. And so when you've set your boundary with somebody and they start pushing, like if it's a coworker and you said, here's the one, two, and three that I said that I would do. And they're like, you know what? I have all these things going on and you have all this extra time and you should have done five, six, seven, and eight for me because I don't know, blah, 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 you know, blah. And you're like, what that is, that's a hook. There's a big metal rusty meat hook hanging right in front of you. If you respond to what he says, you have essentially jumped on that hook. And as soon as you do, he's got you. Mm -hmm. You do not have to respond to those questions. You can simply repeat, here's one, two, and three that I said I would do. I hope you have a great day. End of conversation. You have the right to stop the conversation whenever you want to. It doesn't matter what they want from you. You have the right to stop the conversation and don't jump on that hook, okay? And let them continue that conversation because at that point they're manipulating you. Now the noose is when you feel like you have to justify. So let's, since we're using the work analogy, let's just continue with that one. So let's say the, the worker says, well, but I really need you to do four, five, and six, and seven. You know, I'm so busy. The boss has put so much on me and, you know, you don't have as much to do as I have to do. So blah, blah, blah. So if you start saying, well, yeah, but um, so the reason why I can't do four, five and six is but you start justifying. You start saying, well, because, you know, I've got a trip planned or, you know, my daughter has soccer or, you know, I was going to do something here and here or I have like a massage planned or whatever. Then the coworker is going to proceed to dismantle every excuse that you give, every reason that you give for why you can't do what he wants you to do, he's going to start dismantling it. So essentially what you're doing when you justify to him why you can't do those things, you're handing him rope. Mm. For every justification that you're giving him, you're handing him rope. And he's going to take that rope and he's going to fashion it into a noose and wrap it around your neck and hang you with it. Because then he's going to say, well, you know what? I'll pay for babysitters to come over. You know what? My grandmother lives right next to you. She can come over and babysit your kids. Or can't your husband go to that soccer game? You don't have to go to that soccer game. I've got a soccer game I'm trying to go to. So they'll dismantle everything. So that's the news. So I'm saying that you don't have to justify your choices to the person. You say, I said I would do one, two, and three. And again, you you can keep your voice very calm because you know what your boundaries are. I said, I would do one, two, and three for you. I already sent those things to you through email. I hope you have a good day. Bye. That's it. It doesn't matter what he's saying. You do not have to justify your choices to him or to anybody else. Wow. That's awesome right there. That's awesome. But let me ask you this. So let's say there's some probably some kind of shy and really timid people out there. How, how would you suggest they get, because they, they're probably saying that sounds great, but I could, I could never do that. What would you say to that person? Oh, yes. Yes, they can. Because I'm telling you the most peaceful, calm people I know are the ones that have a very good, healthy understanding of their boundaries. You don't ever have to raise your voice because here's the thing. What people that tend to be shyer and quieter, what they tend to be afraid of and they don't like is confrontation. Mm-hmm. They don't like being in some kind of loud confrontation where there's like raised voices and people getting angry and all this kind of thing. Uh, 
when you know what your boundaries are, you can stay calm. You don't feel because you're aware of the hook. You're aware of the noose. You know what you're responsible for. You know what you're not responsible for. So you simply say, okay, I'll be happy. Going back to the same analogy, I'm happy to do one, two, and three for you. And when they start to get crazy, you say, I hope you have a great day. And you hang up the phone or you, you click off. So you're able to stay very kind and your voice is very calm. You, and once you get better and better at this, see, there's a division between your emotions and the other person's emotions. That's what people that tend to be more passive and, and, and shyer, they're kind of afraid of the other person's emotions. That person's emotions is in their yard. And it's uncomfortable to be around that, but you don't have to be around it any more than you want to, to a certain degree. So you very, you, you be very uh, consistent and kind and keep your voice very soft and say, I'm happy to do one, two, and three for you. Here you go. And I hope you have a wonderful day. And then you just click off and you can just do that. You don't ever have to get upset. You don't have to own their feelings. You don't have to try to fix their feelings. Their feelings are not your problem. There you go. All right. We got to start doing that. All of us got to start doing that. So let me ask you, that's probably the most difficult one. How about boundaries with family? I mean, you've kind of touched on some of it before, but uh, where do we start with families? Oh, uh, yeah. Is that a whole nother episode on itself right there? Oh my gosh. I've got episodes and episodes on my podcast about, <laughs> about these things. Like I said earlier, family members and the ones that are close to us have the biggest power to hurt us. And we also feel the biggest obligation to our family members. And so, but still, it's like you still need to set boundaries there. Yes, they're your family, but you're all individual people. So sometimes the expectations are higher. And what you run into with family members, let's say hypothetically that you have a family member who's rather manipulative and is wanting you to do more for them. Let's say, I don't know, let's just say the, the family member plays the victim a lot and, and just victimizes themselves and wants you to come in and, and do everything. And they're very manipulative. When you're really close to somebody like this, especially if there's any kind of like uh, emotional dysfunction involved, um, lots of times the people that are more distanced in their relationship, they don't see it, okay? So if it's, a, if it's a parent, usually if you have a parent-child family or something like that, a, a relationship, and it's going sideways, then you have to set your boundaries. But what happens, sometimes there's other family members that aren't aware of the dysfunction because maybe they're an aunt or an uncle or a grandparent, and they're kind of removed from the abuse. And I'm going to call it abuse because emotional abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse happens within family members, happens within families, but there's secrecy that goes on there. And the people that are outside of the family, even other family members, aunts, uncles, like I said, cousins, they're not aware. And so what happens within family dynamics is sometimes when you try to set your boundary for your own health to protect yourself, you get kind of emotionally beaten up on by these other family members that are more distanced that think, what's wrong with you? You should be doing this. You should be doing that. 
bad, bad. You're a bad person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. This is going to happen. I'm telling you, if there's anybody out there listening that has, that they are trying to manipulate or not manipulate, but they're trying to survive a manipulative relationship in their family. I'm telling you right now, you are going to get judged. It's going to happen. That's something that when you set boundaries, you have to know that's part of it. Your skin starts to get a little thicker, but you have to decide for yourself how you want to provide for that family member, how, what you want to do for them as your family member, you decide that that is your choice. It's not someone else's choice, but there's a lot of guilt and stuff, expectations that get placed on us within families. Others, someone else's expectations of you is not your responsibility. It's that just because someone else expects something, that's what they expect. Now I'm, I'm saying when this happens, they're not going to like you sometimes. They're not going to like your choices. They may call you names. They may cuss at you. They're definitely going to judge you. And you have to just understand that's part of setting boundaries. When you set boundaries, you understand that the other people, they do not have to understand your boundaries. They do not have to accept them, okay? Because sometimes they won't. And they'll decide you are a horrible person because you should be, according to them, doing A, B, C, D, and E. And you know that you can't because there's things going on within the family that are abusive that they don't know anything about. And sometimes the biggest favor you feel like you can do is to not tell everybody everything that's going on in the family, but you have to own you. What is going on in your yard and how do you need to set your boundaries? Seek out help. If you feel really shaky on your pens about this and you're, when you've been raised up in a situation like this, sometimes you're really vulnerable to the manipulations of the family members. Talk to good friends, people that you trust. Talk, go to a therapist, work it out with a therapist. I was, I was thinking earlier when I was reviewing your podcast and you were saying you kind of counterbalance all the negativity that's out in the world. Well, what I do as a therapist is I counter suffering with strength. I help my patients counter all the suffering that they're enduring with strength. I help them to become stronger and to view things in a new way. So family can be really, really tough, but when you set boundaries, yes, you will be criticized. You will be judged. Understand that it's going to happen. And you just let that go because it's not your job to explain to everybody why you set the boundaries that you set. You know why you set them. There's going to be other people that are not going to understand, accept, or approve of your boundaries. And they're going to think they may think you're a horrible person. That's part of setting boundaries. Let them, you know, uh, yeah. let them think that. That's some really good, really good information and advice. And I know people are going to be wanting to get into deeper detail with that. And then go to your, your, your website and check that out. They can also go to your podcast. That's the main thing. Phoenix and flame. Like I said, you've got tons of episodes on this subject right here and, and all great episodes on a very, <laughs> a lot of different topics you can check out in the world. And there are a lot of them on boundaries that type. So why did you start your podcast? Same real, just trying to get that information out there. Well, well, I've been a psychotherapist for a long time. And I just, to be honest, and I'm not sure who your audience is exactly, but I'm a Christian and I just kind of, it, I felt led to start this 
podcast. I was teaching boundaries classes and it just kind of started kind of percolating in my mind. I didn't really know what it was at first. And this was, it developed into Phoenix and flame and it's turned into this wonderful way of being able to reach out and to be able to touch people that aren't, I mean, it's, you know, when you're doing something that's a podcast, it's international. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody doesn't have to be in your town or close by that can literally come to your office and be impatient. You can still be able to help people without them having to be a patient. So that was one of my goals. I just wanted to be able to share some things and really build a community where we could talk to one another and reach out and bring up topics and share and strengthen one another to be able to deal with the suffering that we're all dealing with. That's it. Yeah. And that's phoenixandflame.com. I'll link that in show notes. And what, what are the good ways of, can people follow you? Well, I'm trying to build that at this time. I have to be honest and say, social media is not my, it's not my strength. Yeah. I've got a company that's working with me to build that out. So it's going to get better. Um, by the time this is aired, it might be a whole lot better than it is today, but um, really just going to phoenixandflame.com. There is a, a contact me page on there. If, if you want to do that, you can get a hold of me or Dana Skaggs at phoenixandflame.com is, is an email um, to communicate. If there's a question that somebody has, a comment that somebody has, I also have some videos um, on YouTube they're called The Boundaries Queen. And so I've got five of them. And the woman that's working with me to kind of expand my business, so to say, she wants me to kind of pause that for just a moment until we can kind of get everything else going. But somebody can go to those videos on YouTube and listen, watch them and make comments. And I really invite that. If somebody has a situation that they feel like, you know, I haven't heard anybody talk about this, or I really don't know how to handle this, leave me a comment on there you know, like, like the video, subscribe. And the more we can build and really reach out to one another, the better it'll be. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So go check that out. I'll link all that in show notes, the videos, the podcast, all that good stuff. Dana, thank you so much for coming on today. I think this is a super important topic that a lot of people struggle with. And thank you for the work you're doing out there. Joe, thanks for having me so much. I appreciate it. All right. I know y'all got some value out of this. Please share Dana's message. Help the word get out there and y'all go out there and ask her some questions. I know you're struggling with stuff like I am. So go ask her some questions. Get those videos out there as well. Dana, keep up the good work and we'll keep up with you. Thank you. You All right. You guys go out and spread some positivity and share this episode. Have a great day. Wow, what a great episode. You share that with somebody. I'm going to share with you some awesome sponsors. McWilliams Marketing. They can help your business grow. Regardless of the size of the project, you're going to get a solution that is specifically created for you and your business. No cookie cutter, one size fits approach here. So Amy and her band of fearless marketers can help you with all that stuff that you think you can do, but you're not really that good at it. You don't have time for it. They can do that. They're the experts. It's what they do. Web design, online conversion optimization, SEO, uh, graphic design, marketing, page management, all that stuff. Go let them do that. Don't handle that yourself. Go check them out at mcwilliamsmarketing.com. See what all they can do. They're amazing people. Teak Patnick with Patnick Realty. He really does it all in the real estate world. General real estate sales, acquisitions, property management, investments, all that good stuff. You're not just a transaction with Teak. He really wants to build a relationship for life with you. He has built his whole business on prayer, hard work ethic, honesty, and results. You can trust Patnick Realty with all your real estate needs. Hey, I trust my brother from another mother, Teak, and you should too. Give him a call, 256-694-0117, or email him at teak at patnickco.com. Hey, if your child's struggling with math, 
Are you frustrated trying to help them? Then you need Mathnasium of Madison. They will meet your child where they are and help them get where they need to go. And they will do this in a positive and uplifting environment. You'll see measurable changes in attitude, confidence, and school progress. And go to their website, mathnasium.com slash madisonal, and sign up for the assessment. It is a risk-free and cost-free process that will tell you exactly where your child stands academically. Check them out again, mathnasium.com, madisonal. You know what you need in your life? Some apparel lab. It's where I get all my t-shirts and the Hope Dealer stickers there and all my stuff over there. But you can brand just about anything you want there. Whether you have an idea of what you want or you have no idea where to start, they can help you. Go check out their website, apparelab.inc, I-N-K. You, or you can email them at theapparelab at gmail.com. Use a promo code RELENTLESS. Save yourself some money. Get some great products. Hey, these are awesome businesses. Go support them. They're out supporting positivity, and they will do you right. Have an awesome day.